Welcome to the Government Ops Podcast. I'm Rob Anderson, City Manager of the City of Fairborn. And I'm Megan Howard, Communications Manager for the City of Fairborn, and we are the hosts of the Government Ops Podcast. So you may ask yourself, what is the Government Ops Podcast? And really, it's trying to give everybody an overview of the different city departments, uh, what those departments do, what programs we offer, what services we have here. Uh, we're really excited to have folks understand and learn what we do as employees. I think there's a lot of questions that we get about our operations and what uh, what exactly we're doing at times. Uh, some of those are positive questions. Some are a little different, but uh, we want to really excited to share kind of not only the departments, but also the people that we have, uh, the wonderful folks that do everything on a daily basis. So if uh, you're ready for this. I'm ready. I'm ready. Uh, so let's get this episode going. Welcome to the Government Ops Podcast. I'm Rob Anderson, City Manager of the City of Fairborn. And I'm Megan Howard, Communications Manager for the City of Fairborn. And on today's episode, we have Mike Mayer. He is our city solicitor. Welcome. Hey, thanks so much. Welcome, Mike. So this is episode 11, if you're keeping track, the 13 followers we have and the couple hundred downloads. Yeah, we might have increased uh, so by this episode. We might have increased by this time. By the time this, <laughs> this airs, we could be up to 14 followers right. and 300 downloads. Who knows? <laughs> so we're going to talk today about law, the law department. Uh, in Fairborn, we call it the city solicitor. Mike, can you explain what a city solicitor is. Yeah, so a city solicitor, uh, in our particular situation, with the city of Fairborn was established by our charter. And so different cities have, it's basically the same position. Uh, some will be uh, uh, the city attorney they'll refer to. Um, but they're different titles. So the city solicitor, I'm the city's legal representative. I advise the city, city council on legal matters. Okay. So if anything comes up that's a legality question with regard to, you know, I somebody wants to do this in the city, but there's a legal question about it, we come to you. That's correct. So okay. I advise the city as to, to what we can do or what might need to be done in a particular situation. And you keep said city manager out of hot water most times, right? Or try to? He does a good job of that himself. So. <laughs> so what's your relationship then between uh, the community, the city solicitor, and the city government? Yeah, so th that's a good question. So uh, just like the rest of the employees of the city of Fairborn, you know, we work for the citizens as a whole. Right. And so my particular position, I'm giving advice, not individually to citizens, but to the city and uh, employees of the city, boards, I review contracts, I do a, a number of other things. Um, and, and those are mainly on the civil side, so not dealing with criminal matters. I'm also the city's prosecutor. Right. <laughs> and in that role, uh, prosecute the cases that occur within the jurisdiction of the Fairborn Municipal Court. So, uh, and not to go astray too far, but Fairborn Municipal Court covers more than just the city of Fairborn. Sure, we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second, but that sounds like a lot of work. So I was just thinking, I was like, how man. in the world do you, I mean, you're just one man, how do you, and not that you're not spectacular, but how do you accomplish all that? Well, I've got a great team, and so I, I give all the credit to them. They, uh, uh, they keep me out of hot water sure. and make sure that I'm on task, uh, when I get involved in things. Um, so Betsy Deeds uh, does a lot of the prosecution work. Uh, Tricia Greer is my paralegal, and she's awesome. Betsy's awesome. Right. My entire staff, Pam Griffiths, or I'm excuse me, Pam Barry and Kathy Canfield, they all do a great job. And much like the staff that we have here in the city, it's a team effort, right? We all share the, the responsibility and the credit. It's all everybody does 
everything to pitch in and help everybody else out. So I, that's absolutely, I think interdepartment and within departments, it's a really good atmosphere to know that you know, we all have each other's backs and everyone's out for the good of the city. Sure. So do you represent the city in all legal matters? Or are there some things that maybe, I mean, you're a, you, you're an, an attorney, right? You have to be a licensed attorney. That's uh, but, true. Are you a specialist in some of the other things that the city takes on? So I, I certainly, I, I would compare myself in the medical field. I would be the family doctor, your general practitioner. Okay. And so uh, I represent the city in a, in a number of things, but there are certainly specializations sure. that I don't have that we could get people who are more qualified uh, to do so. And so, you know, uh, whether it's environmental law, um, you know, a number of different things as they come up. And, and although, you know, the majority goes through my office and then we figure out, hey, is this a good fit? Is there somebody who may have some special expertise who can add more uh, sure. to what we're doing? Because a lot of times those specialists will check in with you to make sure that the plan of care, to use, keep using that analogy, is appropriate, right? So that we're doing everything consistently. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. One of the things that you guys do in your responsibility on the prosecution side is you have the victim advocates that roll up under your jurisdiction. Talk a little bit about what they do. Sure. So so the victim advocates, uh, the program was originally established, and I think we were the second municipal court in the state of Ohio to have victim advocates. And basically, they are there, kind of as their title suggests, to advocate for victims. And so a lot of us have heard of Marcy's Law. So Marcy's Law was enacted a few years ago, and it gives specific rights to victims. And even prior to Marcy's Law, you know, we thought it was very important in our mission as far as the victim advocates go, were to let victims know, keep them informed as to what's going on, make sure they're heard and aware of all sentencing and all uh, steps in a criminal case. And so the last thing we would want is for a victim to find out you know, secondhand, either someone was released, what was going on with the case, or that someone was going to be sentenced and, and they weren't able to attend or have input at that sentencing if they wanted. Is it a support role then for the victims so that, you know, they're obviously dealing with a tragedy or trauma in some way? So is it kind of a way to help keep them on the on the right track and let them give them some assistance where they may be? That, that, going on, right? Yeah, that, that's absolutely right. So, you know, while we do this every day, right. you know, a lot of victims have never been to court. A lot of them don't know where our court is. Sure. And so they get there, and, you know, on a typical day in Fairborn Municipal Court, there may be 20 or 30 cases set. There's probably 30, 40, 50 people being arraigned. There's a lot going on. It's, sure. it's kind of like going to the supermarket. There are people coming in and out. You're getting called to different windows. And so they're there to assist. Uh, victims through the process and let them know they're not alone. Uh, if I look back to, I came from the city of Toledo uh, prior prior to coming back to Fairborn, and many times, and we did not have victim advocates, and you would see the victim sitting in the hallway with the defendant, you know, on the other side of the hallway, sure, staring at them or looking at them or, or just being close to them physically. Uh, and so we do a great job here at Fairborn, and we have a special place for victims. We shield them from having to interact with defendants and the defense attorneys at times. Um, but just try to make, you know, what can be, you know, oftentimes a person's worst day. Sure. We don't want to make them go through it again and again when they come to court. I guess my two questions I have are with regard to that. One is how does somebody get 
paired up with our victim advocates? When does that process happen? So our officers are great. Um, they have information on the victim advocates program, okay. and so they will give that information to victims on the scene of a crime. Wow. And additionally, our victim advocates actually respond to crum, uh, some crime scenes even after hours. So we have an on-call advocate uh, who will go out and, depending upon the case, will actually meet with the victim you know, in the middle of the night, early morning. Right. Uh, and additionally, if they don't do that, oftentimes they'll call and they'll make telephone contact sure. and they'll arrange a meeting. And I keep saying night. It seems like most of the crimes occur after normal business hours. Sure. Uh, but they'll schedule a meeting you know, the following day or at a time that's convenient for the victim to get their input, see what they want. We can find out, hey, are they owed restitution? Let's make sure, sure. you know, if they had windows broken, their car damaged, those things, let's get that in the process. So when it comes time to resolve the case, that the court, we can give the judge the information necessary to make that person whole. And those folks will coordinate oftentimes with the prosecutor to make sure that, that gets included in whatever gets presented to the judge when it comes, when it happens? Absolutely. So, yeah, the victim advocates are actually part of, of the prosecutor's office or okay. my office. Is there any charge for that service? There's absolutely none. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. Fantastic. And you said that not like all cities have this. No, in fact, there are a lot of cities, wow. uh, certainly on the municipal level. Most common pleas courts will have them, but on the municipal level, uh, I would bet at least half the cities do not have victim advocates. Wow. Like, like even bigger cities. I mean, because Toledo is significantly bigger, than, bigger. than we are. And, and not to pick on the glass city. They, they may have no, victim no. advocates. It was more than a couple of years sure. ago I worked there. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I, I mean, I, I know of courts similar size to us in the area that don't have victim advocates. Mm. Well, that, that seems like a such an easy, not easy, it's a, probably a wrong word, but such a, a good program to have for people within your community. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The, the, the ladies in the victim advocate's office do an amazing job. Again, because people who come to court, they're not coming, these victims, because of a positive experience. Sure. Right. Um, and, and they can explain so they understand what's going to happen, what to expect. Um, you know, they don't feel like they're all alone when they're standing there in right. the court system. And unfortunately, because you know, the federal municipal court is very busy, that on a, a typical day there may be four, five, ten cases set. And so oftentimes, whether you know, Betsy does a great job, but Betsy or myself, who's ever prosecuting, you don't necessarily have the time to spend with the victim right. prior to starting a proceeding. And it's great that the victim advocates know what we need to know as prosecutors um, and are able to relay that to us quickly. And then we have an idea what the victims want. Yeah, I mean, I get intimidated just walking in the court. Like, <laughs> right. I, I work for the city. Right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you've done nothing wrong. And I've done nothing wrong. I can't imagine, you know. Or have you. Or have, or have had something done wrong, right? Right. Um, let's. And I know that you're not necessarily involved in the court outside the prosecution part, but if you could just kind of give us a lay of the land, if you will, some of the responsibilities that the the court sees. You mentioned jurisdictions. Absolutely. Can you lay that out for us a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So Fairborn Municipal Court. Um, 
in the state of Ohio, you know, the lower level trial courts are municipal court, which handles misdemeanors on the criminal side. And so a misdemeanor simply means it's a criminal offense, which is punishable by a year or less and a fine of $1,000 or less. So, you know, when you think of, of misdemeanors, so case, criminal cases that go through Fairborn Municipal Court, you know, you're looking at anything from a parking ticket or speeding ticket, expire plates to, you know, domestic violence, assaults, aggravated menacings, uh, OVIs, uh, things where, uh, and so kind of in, in between there. So, so there's a, a wide range of offenses. On the civil side, or the cases where people are suing for money, right. municipal court has jurisdiction for up to $15,000. So any lawsuit involving money uh, up to 15000 is generally filed in the municipal court. Uh, and there's actually a small claims division of the municipal, which typically people who do not have attorneys will utilize. And so in the small claims division, it's up to $6,000. Okay. And so territorially, our jurisdiction, so Fairborn Municipal Court uh, was created, I believe it was 1978 by the Supreme Court um, and the legislature, uh, covers what I would kind of uh, say is the western half of Greene County. Sure. And so even though it's Fairborn Municipal Court, and not only do we prosecute cases for the city of Fairborn, we prosecute for the city of Beaver Creek as well as Bath Township and Beaver Creek Township. Okay. So any misdemeanors that occur within any of those jurisdictions come through Fairborn Municipal Court. What about highway patrol cases where they've picked up somebody and for speeding on 675 through our jurisdiction? Yeah, absolutely. So the we probably have a, a, a one of the larger arrays of law enforcement agencies that we prosecute cases for. So we have, you know, Fairborn Police, Beaver Creek Police, State Patrol, Wright State University has their own police department, the Sheriff's Department, uh, Soin Hospital uh, has their own uh, police department, as well as a number of state agencies and then the county agencies. So we've prosecuted cases for the health department uh, in addition to state agencies, um, you know, over the years. So you're not going to see a, a capital murder case come to the Fairborn Municipal Court? No, that's right. So felony, so things where you can get a year or more, while they may, their initial appearance oftentimes is done at Fairborn Municipal Court, there's nothing substantively done. So the initial appearance, a defendant is made aware of the charges against them, um, and then the county takes it up from there. Okay. And so Green County, so all felonies on the criminal side uh, are handled through common police court. Okay. And so each county in the state of Ohio has their own common police court. And so uh, here in Greene County, it's in Xenia. And so most people would recognize right downtown on Detroit Street is the, the big old courthouse. Uh, and so that is the Greene County Common Pleas Court. Okay. And in that court, there are uh, different divisions. And so there's the, the general division, which handles criminal cases and civil cases involving money. There's the domestic relations division of Common Pleas Court, which is located out uh, on um, Ledbetter Road. Thank you. Uh, and there's a juvenile court um, that is also uh, at a separate location over by the, the, the jail or the okay. adult detention center. Okay. What's the relationship between the Fairborn Municipal Court and maybe the Common Police Court at the county level? So we do have a relationship, although they're... Um, 
you know, other than there's a few things that go back and forth between the two courts, but generally they're, they're kind of standalone. Okay. Uh, that there isn't, you know, although I guess on the criminal cases, the initial appearance comes before us, and, sure. and theoretically, if someone wanted a preliminary, preliminary hearing on a criminal case, it would occur in Fairborn Municipal Court before it would go to the grand jury. Um, but yeah, they're, they're separate entities, but I do know the courts work together and there are, are countywide meetings just to make sure that there's, you know, everyone works well together and then everyone understands the different roles and, and how, things that we can do, um, you know, not to duplicate tasks. Sure. So it's not redundant. It's not like you do the same thing at Green County Courts you would at Fairborn Municipal. So we don't have two things. Two courts doing essentially the same thing. There may be overlap, but it's not. That's right. It's not double whatever we have. You're okay. exactly right. So there's four jurisdictions, five, let's say, jurisdictions that are in this court. How many judges do we have? That sounds like a lot. So you're you're certainly correct there. Uh, yeah, we have one judge, uh, okay. Judge Capelli, and so she handles uh, all those cases. And there is a, a magistrate, Magistrate Bailey, uh, who handle all those. And then as far as the prosecution goes, that Betsy Deeds does the 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 vast majority of it, uh, at least the the court side of it. Um, and so we just have the single prosecutor. And I know compared maybe to some other jurisdictions or other courts around the area that I think annually we're one of the busiest courts in the state of Ohio sure. per capita. Is the judge, does she, is she appointed? Does she, is that an elected position? I. Pardon my ignorance, but I feel like that'd be something that folks would want to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So she is elected, and so Judge Capelli, I believe the last time she was elected was November of 19, uh, and under the uh, the terms are six six years, and okay. so I believe she's in the beginning of her third term uh, at Fairborn Municipal Court. Okay. Is there a max term, or is it until there is there is there is an age uh, okay. limit that that the judge is nowhere close to. Uh, <laughs> I'll be very clear. About <laughs> that. Yes, yes, judge. In case you're listening, right. nowhere right. close to that. <laughs> Uh, I, I should have prefaced this whole podcast by saying the limits of my legal knowledge are whatever I've seen on Law and Order. Right? I think yeah. I told you that before. <laughs> which, so, which sometimes is a good reference right, point. Right. Uh, anything that we missed on the court? Anything you want to add that we didn't necessarily cover? So are there juries at Fairborn's court or is it just at the Green County? There are. So we do have jury trials uh, in Fairborn Municipal Court. They're on Wednesdays. Okay. And so under the Constitution, defendants have the right to demand a jury. What I would say is it's been a we I don't believe we had a jury uh, since the pandemic began and so for a while all the courts in the state of Ohio were suspending juries um, for health reasons sure. um, what's fortunate is Betsy Deeds has been uh, in in process has been in the role as a prosecutor for over 15 years and so she has tried a lot of cases and, and probably to brag a little bit on Betsy I would bet of her last 20 juries 19 have been guilties or more and so what that does is a, a lot of people choose to enter a plea rather than <laughs> have a jury try. <laughs> right it's like playing the Patriots right you realize that's right right um, let's talk a little bit about then I go back to the initial conversation about being the city solicitor. What are some of the day-to-day -day things that you deal with? So, for example, we've got a council meeting coming up in a couple of weeks. It's a regular meeting. You have, you're pretty heavily involved in getting that 
council meeting ready. Uh, you want to step us through a little bit of that? Yeah, absolutely. So each council meeting will have an agenda. And so we have city council meetings, the we have regular meetings the first and third Monday of the month. And so prior to that, we have staff meetings um, or directors meetings, and we lay out, hey, what things might we need to take to city council for approval? And so we'll kind of talk through those. And part of that process is I will draft the legislation, whether it be a, a resolution, which is generally effective immediately. And when you think about a resolution, that's an item that's kind of a one transaction uh, piece of legislation that we're authorizing the purchase of something, we're entering into an agreement to do something, um, but not something that will likely have ongoing effects. Sure. And then we'll draft ordinances, which typically uh, are something that are going to apply to more than just one single situation. So uh, the city has its own codified ordinances. And so codified just means, hey, as we pass the ordinance, we put them in a, a numerical system. And so if we were going to enact a new criminal code, that would be a, a codified ordinance. That would be an ordinance that we would pass and would later get codified. Okay. And so the process for those ordinances is a little longer in that uh, you know, there's an initial reading by title only typically, then a uh, ordinance requires a, most ordinance require a public hearing and they don't go into effect for 30 days after sure. adoption. So with a couple of the other departments we've talked about, there's public input involved in almost everything that we do. Um, I want to make sure everybody understands that the public hearings are for the public to come and give their comments, ask questions. Uh, you know, we're not trying to, to hide anything or do anything behind the scenes. This is only open. No, absolutely. So one of the great things that the city has done in, in recent years is that we put our agendas online with the memos. Right. So. You know, occasionally I will get a call, or I know other staff members, people just inquiring, hey, look, saw this was on the agenda for next week. They have a question about it, and I think the staff's always here to answer questions. Great. Um, so, and then when the meeting, you actually have a pretty involved role in the meeting itself, uh, in that uh, you participate by reading all of the legislation that comes up. How did you get stuck with that? Yeah, yeah, that, that's an interesting one. My second grade teacher would be very proud. Right. Um, so yeah, as my role as the law director uh, or city solicitor, the uh, when council moves to introduce a piece of legislation, they'll typically ask that it be read by title only uh, initially. And so I will read the title of, of a piece of legislation, basically to introduce it to council so they can take action on it, whether it's comment on it, question staff, what their thoughts are on why are we doing this, um, you know, those kinds of things. But procedurally, to get to get the item before council, the, the piece of legislation, I read it at the direction of the mayor. Okay. And you are the legal counsel for not only the city council, but the any boards or commissions that maybe is dealing with something that may have a legal component to it. That's right. That's right. So, so not only city council, you know, certainly planning board and all the other boards, as, as well as individual departments. So, sure. you know, in a, in a typical day, I might get two or three calls from police officers asking for advice on things. To, you know, this morning I had a question from the parks department on, on a contract question. Right. So, you know, that that is a great thing about my job is that. You never know what's going to happen that day. So there, there's always issues that are coming up. And um, Absolutely. You mentioned contracts. There's a lot of things. That, you know, we're not a small organization. 
we have 260 employees full-time multiple departments we're all doing things we have a hundred million dollar budget right so that involves a lot of entering into contracts soliciting bids uh, what is your role in some of those things you touched on a little bit maybe expand a little bit on that yeah great question so one of the things in our charter actually says that until the city solicitor signs off on a contract it's not an enforceable contract and so i'm required to review every contract that we enter into uh, in the city and sign off on those for them to be enforceable and so um, you know as big an organization as we have you know a typical week is at least a few contracts and sometimes more than that and it's interesting because we because we are a big organization and we contract with companies from or certainly around the U.S., maybe not around the world, but last week I was in or, or reviewing a contract from a, 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 a related to our electric charging station from a company in Silicon Valley, and that we're exchanging, going back and forth on contract clauses with a lawyer in California. Sure, so. which is that's got to be an interesting part of it, right? I mean, that's got to be a like you said, no day is the same. You're you're exactly right that that you. You know, all contracts, you know, may be very similar and the clauses may overlap, but oftentimes I need help from our city departments or from employees in the departments to kind of explain, hey, what are we trying to do? Tell me how this is going to work so we make sure that we're protected in the contract. Sure, sure. And then part of your role is also to kind of stay current on um, anything that would come out that would affect the city. So I'll use an example that may won't be evergreen, but when the president issues an executive order talking about a pandemic that may or may not affect the city, that's something that you have to be aware of and and stay current on, correct? Yeah, I, yeah that, that's absolutely true and very timely. And that I, I know that I shot you an email this morning that said, hey, I'm not sure if this is going to affect us because it's not entirely clear right, right now the, the current order that says all employers over or all companies that employ or all entities that employ 100 or more employees that they have vaccination or weekly COVID testing. Right. Um, and so I don't know that we've gotten direction. I, I have a, a, an inkling what's going to come out, but uh, since this is going to be recorded, I'm not going to share. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and part of it is to kind of foresee what is coming and make sure that the city doesn't take a wrong turn, so to speak, or make a decision that could be detrimental to us and expose us in some way. Absolutely. And sometimes I feel like a storm cloud uh, in that, you know, we have a lot of great ideas internally and, and maybe I'm a little bah humbug that I go, hey, that sounds great. But just so you know, you know, that, that I can find uh, uh, any storm cloud out of a silver lining. So um, I'll say for the record that um, the communities I've worked in, you're the least stormy of the clouds I've ever, but, uh, <laughs> I've ever dealt with. I don't know if that's a compliment, it's compliment a to me or, compliment. or a put down on the legal profession. Maybe no, a little no, bit no, of both. No, no, no. I appreciate that, though. I mean, because every organization needs somebody that can see so far in advance and say, hey, just so you know, these details are are here. You're not seeing it, but it's out there. So I think that's... 
that's helpful for you know, well, I, I appreciate a lot of, a lot you of saying that. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it definitely feels like sometimes we have these great ideas, yeah. and we figure out ways to do them. But they go, hey, I'm pretty sure they get tired of me always saying, yeah, that's great, but have you thought about <laughs> this, this, and that? And this yeah. means we have to be more creative. Uh, well, and I'll say one thing that is, you know, if we get to the point where like we may have a problem. Let's call Mike, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we'll call Mike, and Mike's very good about, you know, you've been very forthcoming with, well, I think we could probably handle that this way and be very, you know, open and, and creative, as creative as an attorney can be, with trying to make sure, okay, well, maybe we've made a half of a misstep. We can quickly correct and and make that okay. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. So. And it's, it's comforting just to have, I don't know the answer to that. Hold on one second, and we'll, we'll ask the guy that is going to tell us yes or no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, what is great, I think, about this, the city staff internally is there is that kind of trust, and we reach out and we share things early so we can figure out, hey, is there a potential pitfall? What, you know, what if any risk do we have here? Because um, all the things we do, I think, are very positive, and we're trying to we're trying to move forward, sure. and so I'm trying to figure out what's best for the city as a whole. Uh, I think is everyone's goal. Yeah, I don't want anybody to get the impression that we're doing like shady things. I mean, no. It's not. It's no. not the. That's no. not the. You know, it's no. not it at all. It's. I, I should correct my statement by saying we don't do things purposely wrong. Correct. But perhaps there's a requirement that we didn't follow completely the first time. How do we figure out either how to step all the way back and redo it, or? Can we make an adjustment to follow that rule to the letter of the law? Absolutely. There, we have a lot of moving parts, and we do really good things. And maybe occasionally, like everyone, we may make a little misstep, but nothing significant and nothing that's uh, been an issue. So we're able to get by any of those issues. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Another, in my view, the another role of the city solicitor is you're kind of the the big brother I can come hide behind when somebody says, I'm going to get an attorney. <laughs> Which, you know, in some cases, I'm going to get a lawyer is, is the Pratt answer that most people give, right? That's true. And I, you know, not to jinx myself, but, you know, occasionally I get those calls that, right. that you know, directly to my office and, you know, that those, uh, uh, yeah, and certainly people have good questions and, and we try to help, you know, that, that sometimes, you know, it's like, hey, the, the answer has to be, well, go talk to your lawyer, and I'm happy to talk to her or him. And, uh, you know, I think oftentimes you, you don't get a return call after that. And what's interesting is in some instances when somebody will say that to me, I will say that would be wonderful if you could please have your attorney call Mike and get that issue resolved. You're right. It's a lot of times once you've had that opportunity to speak professional to professional, it takes the emotion out of it, and they understand, well, the city's not doing anything wrong. It's just... It, uh, absolutely. And if we did, I would want to know. I, you know, sure. it, it, certainly we want to do the best we can. And if there's, you know, something that that another lawyer says, hey, I think this is, you know, I'm always willing to, to have those discussions. Sure. Okay. Mm. Mike, is there anything we didn't cover? I, this isn't. This, we haven't gone. I feel like we've not gone over anything. But we've we've talked a lot about different things. Anything that we didn't we failed to mention that you wanted to mention as part of. What you do? No, no, I, I certainly uh, enjoy my role uh, here with the city. You know, I, here. I'm a Fairborn kid, so right. uh, I've been working uh, for the city since 1995. Okay. Wow. So, so a few years. Um, yeah, I, I'm happy with the direction of the city. We have great things going forward. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, things are good. Things are good in my department. And I will say you're the only attorney I've ever noticed that has taken a contract and not made a comment and said it's fine. <laughs> and part of that is because you're probably reviewing 10 of them at a time. You're like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> that's funny. Sometimes, right, we as professionals feel like we have to mark it up just so you <laughs> know right. that we read it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Mike, thanks for your time. Appreciate it. Megan, wow. anything you want to add or questions oh, you didn't hit? Again, I continue to learn. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I yeah, really thanks, appreciate Mike, it. Thanks, Mike, and thanks for listening to the Government Ops Podcast, and we'll see you around town.